0: I'm Sanger Vajray. And I'm Brian Brown, co-authors of MOVE, the four-question go-to-market framework. Helping you confidently take your organization's next MOVE. I'm here with a very good friend of mine, and I've also been using their services for a lot of the things that i produce in terms of video. So Amber, Amber Khan, she's the founder of Repurpose Den. She's an international best-selling author. And she also, this would get you, she's also an average runner. I think you're better than me, Amber. But Amber, thank you for for joining me uh, and doing this series.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: All right. So Amber, tell me and tell the audience, what is the name of your series? And what is this series all about?
1: All right. Well, this particular series is called Impactful Living. And the reason being, this is a series where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many.
0: I love that. I love that. You know, what's interesting about it is that we have a lot of episodes on marketing, and I think this is going to give people a necessary break because ultimately, whatever you do, you got to have impact. So share a few people that you are going to interview and the topics that you're going to interview on uh, in the series.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, just one of them uh, is, is Claude Silver, who talks about building a culture of empathy. Then I uh, have Mary Henderson. She based in, is based in Australia, and she talks about how to commercialize your expertise into a profitable business, which a lot of us you know, uh, struggle with, especially those who are pivoting from, say, a corporate career and now looking into starting their own business. And then I am. I'm going to have uh, Daniel Priestley, who is the author of multiple books, one of them being Key Person of Influence: The Entrepreneurship Revolution. And with him, we're going to talk about some awesome stuff. He's just published yesterday a new book called um, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids, and and we're going to talk a lot about that.
0: Wow! Like I I mean, almost every one of this sounds like a story worth going through uh one of the things and this is where we're going to end because this is going to be an introduction so folks as you're listening to this you may be listening to the first interview that amber did maybe the last one there's a whole series of about 10 or so that we're going to have in for you and we'll play every tuesday and thursday in the series so if if, and it will tell you is this is the one the first episode or is this the eighth episode so you can go figure out if you need to go back and watch. Some of or listen to some of these videos, interviews. But what's interesting, Amber, about all of this is there's a question that uh, Andy Stanley, someone that I follow, says in his book, Better Decision, Fewer Regrets. Mm. And he asked this very question that, what story are you going to tell? And that is a very interesting question when you start going back in life, because each one of us has a story that we want to tell. And there is a story that people are writing right now that they don't know, and, and I think people need to recognize that. So I love the fact that you're creating this impactful living series that's going to help people to recognize and come out of their shell maybe mm-hmm. a little bit and recognize that they have a story to tell. They're going to tell that story to their kids, their grandkids, or, or their neighbor or somebody. And hopefully the interviews that you're going to do is going to have them thinking about this and actually start writing their own story the way they want to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the idea with all, each one of those interviews is that I want people to go with at least one takeaway that they can implement right in their life just by listening to you know the guest stories or the challenges that they share during those interviews. And if we can just make a difference in one person's life, I know it would be all worth it.
0: I love it. And again, this is what I love about this, this takeover series, you get such a different perspective. And Amber, you also bring in a global perspective, because you have people from all over the world who are interviewing in the series. So Amber, again, thank you so much for doing it. All the information to connect to Amber, her company, her book, uh, and all the things that she does is going to be in the show notes. So check that out. And Amber, let's take it away. Awesome.
1: Product first marketing. That is the topic of the hour. Hello, good day, greetings, bonjour and salams to peeps from all around the world. Welcome to the live. Now this particular series is called Impact 2.0, where we feature some kick ass leaders making a dent in the universe in their own special way. Stick around till the end and I promise you that you'll walk away with at least one if not more practical yet scrumptious takeaways from each of these live sessions like an ice cream sundae topped with heavy whipped cream, melted dark chocolate and a dash of gold dust. But most importantly if you turn up live you will get a chance to ask each guest questions that are bugging you like an itch that can't be scratched. Now my today's guest believes that Your product experience is not only a differentiator, but the foundation for the brand and the fuel for the growth engine. He's the CMO and president of Reflect and turned it into the number one enterprise AR startup today. So will you please put your virtual hands together to welcome my fantabulous guest, Dirk Shaw.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Amber. (laughs) <laughs> I love the music, by the way. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. How are you
1: doing there?
2: I'm great. Thanks a oh, lot. Did.
1: And, and did I pronounce your name correctly? I hope I did.
2: Perfect. Oh, Absolutely. I, yeah. Also. <laughs>
1: also, I hate to get people's name wrong. I
2: don't know. That's good. <laughs> All
1: complicated right. complicated, German name. Now, before we get into the pancakes and syrup of this conversation, we are going to start off this show with a quick fire round. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right, let's go. What's the most regrettable fashion style you've ever worn?
2: (laughs) So I don't regret it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I still believe it's great style, but my wife would say it was ridiculous, right? So Mm -hmm. years, many years ago, I I used to play in in, in heavy metal bands. Oh, Uh, wow. And uh, I still love that, that kind of music. Um, and the style was, of course, you know, black, everything black. And then these beautiful rock star boots. boots. <laughs> and I had, them, I had them in purple. I have to say, it's maybe a little bit too much, uh, <laughs> but I <laughs> loved it. And, uh, and my wife said she would never go out with me like that. Um, but I don't regret that. It was really cool.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I'm sure you did. I would love to get a picture of you in that as well. (laughs) I don't have one. (laughs) All right. If you could only read one book over and over again for the rest of your life, which one would it be?
2: It's really a challenging question. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say, yeah, I kind of had two, but now I let the audience decide. Um, I have Behind the Cloud from Mark Benioff which is a uh, book oh, yes. I can yeah, read over and over again yeah. because, uh, you know, we marketers always talk about having a, a CEO who understands marketing yeah. uh, and he doesn't only understand marketing, he's really great. Uh, and the second one is a uh, uh, um, trillion dollar coach um, from uh, um, Bill Campbell. It's not written by Bill Campbell, but it's about Bill Campbell. One of the well-known advisors to Steve Jobs, and many other people in the Silicon right. Valley. Um, that's really great. If you want to learn about, uh, about that, that, that guy, how he mentored, uh, uh, these, these people in in, in the Valley and, uh, it's a great book can recommend both of them.
1: Okay. Noted. Duly noted. Now, if you could take three things to a desert Island, what would they be? (sighs) This is my favorite question to ask each guest, by the way.
2: I know (laughs) it's three, three. I mean. Yeah.
1: everybody gives me such quirky yeah.
2: answers <laughs> I, I, t- I take my family does that count as one yeah uh, um i have to take my phone there's no other way
1: okay good <laughs> and, I, and,
2: I, and i take my guitar coming back Are you guitar? <laughs> all right.
1: do you still play music yeah like all right awesome awesome okay what's the best advice you've ever been given
2: show me don't tell me Show me, don't
1: tell me. Oh, yeah,
2: yes. Yeah. I, think. I went up when I started in uh, when I, uh, the first time I, I I went to the Silicon Valley. One of my mentors said that after I did a terrible pitch uh, mm-hmm. and I realized it right after it, and uh, he just said, show me, don't tell me. Yeah. So I never forgot that.
1: Yeah. And I, and that's, I think that's a great advice for anybody, anybody in the entrepreneurial world or, yeah. you know, even in your career. Um, lastly, if you could have any superhuman power, what would it be? Patience. (laughs) Yes, that we all need it. That is actually a good one.
2: Extremely impatient (laughs) and I annoy people a lot like that. So I would say patience would be good.
1: (laughs) I I love that superpower and I'm, um, uh, because um, uh, none of my other guests have mentioned it. And I'm quite surprised <laughs> that you have chosen that as your superpower. But I think that's that's one power most of us need to succeed in life.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, hello, Kaleem, Amy, our, our peak fellow members are, are here uh, joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. All right, Dirk, you rocked that quick fire round, and I believe that calls for a quick celebration. <laughs> <laughs> so we have
2: to do that more often
1: i like that I show
2: <laughs> but next time i would choose the music yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right it's now time to get into the pancakes and syrup of this conversation yeah now dirk imagine that i'm holding a pair of boxing gloves could you take these gloves and smash for me and not my face, please, but some kind of product marketing myth, a bogus strategy, or a misconception and set the record straight once and for all?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I would say marketers,
2: and it's a myth, it's a myth, marketers understand their own products. Hmm. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of, let they me like, explain it. Yeah. It's like, you know, we always say as a marketer, you need to understand your market, right? You need mm. to understand what is the problem and, and all of these things, right? But then I see, yes, we dive deep into that. And even that, we don't understand 100%. We don't, we, we don't spend time on it. We already jump and go to the acquisition channels. Mm. But then ask, ask, ask the marketers about how much they understand about their own products. Mm. And and I'm quite sure you, you find a lot they can they can they can write the copy for the, the website and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you would ask them to roll it to roll it out or provide support or something like that, yeah. it's over. So uh-huh. that's for me the the biggest myth.
1: Biggest myth. All oh, right. Yeah, I love that because I mean I I know you're talking from you've worked with many um SaaS tech based businesses and in your um experience that's what you have seen. That uh, most most of them are too close to it, uh, and and do not. They can probably do this for somebody else, but to their own product, they're just too close to it.
2: Uh, No, it's the opposite. Um, Sorry if I if that was uh, if that was misleading. Uh, It's the opposite for me. Um, You know, writing about a product but really understanding it. They're two different things, right? And I and I often see that marketers are too far away.
3: Right. Mm. They're
2: not. They're not close to 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 no. the product uh, just because uh, they uh, they are not involved with the product team, especially the smaller startups. Take their early growth based startups, yeah. right? Uh, and 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 as a marketer, you have so many things to do. Right? It's kind of it's overwhelming. Uh, you have to look for everything. You have to build a brand, uh, drive demand, and build a growth model, um, help HR to build the uh, employer branding, uh, mm. help support to uh, build a knowledge center. There's there's a bunch of things to do, right?
1: So there's a disconnection, I, what you're saying. There's a
2: disconnection, uh, from, from my point of view. And I see mm-hmm. that very often, uh, mm-hmm. especially the, as I said, the earlier stage startups, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's also then sometimes it depends on the product, of course, mm-hmm. uh, a lack of technical understanding because we're talking mm-hmm. about software, right? And mm-hmm. the understanding how software is built is for me mm-hmm. essential to, 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 uh, to talk about. it. Mm-hmm
1: and and what do you think is is instead of so if if startups were in that position like what sh- what should they be or what should the founders be doing next so that they can tackle this issue straight on
2: um first of all i talk about the founders having the right understanding of marketing right but we don't we don't need to go too, too far into that that's that's a, mm. that's a, a very, very general thing, right? Mm. Uh, we, we talked about that before in why I mentioned uh, uh, Mark Benioff. If you have a CEO mm. who does not get marketing, uh, forget it, right? Ah. It's not going to work. Mm. Um, but the 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 other side is, you know, I said understanding the market and all of these things. Um, that that's one thing, and that's by the way exactly the point why I came up with the product first marketing approach, mm. right? I said, look, you have limited resources, right? At the same time, you have all of these things to do. Mm. So it starts when you, when, you, when, you, when you begin with the positioning. You, you, you want to position your company. You want to position your product. Uh, okay, so how are you going to do all of those things? And that's why I said, okay, why don't you focus on the product, on the product mm. experience? This is the core of your model. This is where you can, you know, really build a, a, an engine. Uh, so why don't you position your product? But don't, mm. t- don't care about the company. That will come later. Uh, and focus on that, so my my idea is really to focus on everything around the product experience, um, and therefore you need to be connected and it helps um, it's, yeah. it's based on our own experience, right mm. we we had all of these things um and and you know how it is today. Uh, you have product, you have marketing, you have customer success and and you have sales mm. and then you have these old school guys. <laughs> I don't know if you're, I've got a lot of sales uh, folks here on the call, but you have, <laughs> especially these old school sales folks say, well, look, there's marketing and they bring me the leads uh, mm. and, and then they're out. Right. Mm. And that's, and that's ridiculous. Right. Mm. So for me, that's bullshit. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, this is, this is a long journey. Right. And then there's yeah. so many things we will come to that yeah. where, where you need to have the teams aligned. So if you align them around the product experience, you have sales, marketing, customer success, um, and marketing all 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 together uh aligned and 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 i think it's for me it's easier to work to be honest yeah. uh yeah. in in that way
1: yeah yeah A- amy totally agrees with you there that yes to traditional marketers are too far away uh, from their product. Uh, and, and would yeah. you say um, that um, from the beginning, the founders should have this focus of bringing the product, marketing, branding, customer success together? I mean, should they be like, oh, okay, we'll worry about it a year later? Or like, or from the beginning, the, this should be the focus so that they are able to under- truly understand their product?
2: Yeah, I mean... Okay, I I remember when we started, um, and uh, and I still have in mind when when my CEO came and and he gave me a a piece of paper, a couple of thoughts on it uh, about the product. And we have a we have a complex product, or our first product is a complex product, mm. right? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a content platform to build AR enhanced instructions. So. Mm. And instead of uh, reading a, a paper manual, how to repair your coffee machine, you get your instructions uh, displayed uh, on, onto the product. Now, yeah. this is still a complex technology, yeah. right? And he gave me that piece of paper and said, well, look, this is what it is. Now we need to explain that in a, in a simple way. So it mm-hmm. took me time to understand it uh, and to understand all the different processes happening in the product yeah. uh, with different audiences like the creators and the end users and all of that. And I never forgot that to be honest i always i I'm always thinking about that uh when i when i when I talk about marketing because that shows how difficult it is uh, to yeah. translate something very technical uh and and figure out you know how can you simplify that
3: yeah, uh, and, yeah. and
2: and really you know turn it into something people really understand without all of that bullshit like you know innovative and uh, top notch and all of that stuff which nobody knows needs yeah so um and 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 therefore i think if you understand as a marketer, um, how, especially in the SaaS world, right, in the tech world, uh, what is behind there? Uh, mm. How does software work? How do you build software? Yeah. Um, and, you know, what are all these methodologies behind it that makes it easier f- to, to, to explain all of that? And I mm. spent a lot of time uh, with our head of R&D. Uh, mm-hmm. We sat down kind of every week and we wrote blog posts together. Right. Yeah. And I said, look, I want to write about these smart glasses. So I had an idea. I wrote about it. And then he came in and he, he said, well, look, yeah, but this is not right. And, you know, you have to adopt this. And mm-hmm. that's what, what, how, how I how I learn uh, a lot. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I I'm not a, I, I don't want to call myself a programmer, but I programmed mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a scrum master, so I'm, I'm even a patent holder. So yeah. I, I, I understand that part and that's also why I know how hard it is so i think you need to take time with the engineers to really understand that makes it much easier to explain it um, yeah. and and that's for me a, a key a key criteria um as a as a marketer in the tech or assessor
1: oh yeah i agree uh, sorry it was it was kim earlier the comment shared it wasn't amy <laughs> i think this comment was shared by kim murray uh, who's also our fellow peak community member mem- mem- but yeah, I, I totally agree that, um, especially the, uh, with tech products, uh, because they are technical by nature, right? So yeah. uh, the difficulty with that uh, compared to, let's say, service-based or base business, or you had a salon or a different kind of business, is that there is, there's complexity involved, which means that now we need to explain a little bit more. Uh, to our team members um, um, and also to our customers in a way that makes sense to everybody. So everybody is not a programmer, everybody's not a techie, so they're not going to be able to understand that jargon, but you still need to bring them on board, right, uh, with what yeah. you're trying to do. And and that can only right. be done by simplifying what you're doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, I see that when I onboard uh, uh, new team members Mm. Um, and and they have a different background. I mean, it's not enough to give them the application and show them uh the application for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, what I what I also love to do is like send them out with the sales team, let them talk mm. to customers, um, let them hear the question of of customers, right? Because mm. uh, then you realize, okay, what's important for the customers? What mm. do they want to know? What do they maybe not understand there with all of that stuff uh you 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 build in the marketing team right and it happens to me all the time also that I say okay well I built that and then I'm on the call and I think okay um it's not really helpful what we build there right um so you need to be you need to be close to all and that's why I say in a summary if you're close to your product and you really understand your product Mm. Um, you have it much easier. You, you also avoid all of these discussions, right? Mm. product is not going to come and tell you, you don't know what you're writing about, why do mm. you describe all of these features we don't have? Mm. Um, th- this is one of the things, right, which happens. The sales team does yeah. not come and tell you, well, your, 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 the content you, you create is not, is not really what we need and all of that stuff. Yeah. So if you're close to the product, if you're kind of the core of it and, and focus on that, um, you avoid all of these discussions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that as founders of a SaaS startup or, uh, you know, any tech startup for that matter, what would you say um, the first few activities the founder should be involved with? Should it be the the programming side of it? Should it be the, the marketing side of it, the branding side of it? What should be at the forefront of it to make sure that what they are trying to do is understood by the very audience they're trying to make it for?
2: Well, if you have the the, the really early stage uh, uh, startup, I think the founder has to do almost everything. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, you, you cannot just say, okay, focus only on one thing. Of course, a, a founder is involved in the product, but depending on whether you have a technical founder or, or a non-technical founder, right? Usually, most of the founders are have a technical background, so they're involved in the product, uh, mm. which is essentially because usually they have the vision on uh, how to solve a problem uh so it's kind of their baby how to do that mm-hmm. but at the same time you know um everything which is around around marketing for me it's it's really essential to have a ceo and, and our our ceo understands marketing mm-hmm. um he, he he challenges messaging um with, with with me uh which is sometimes annoying of course uh, if, if you have to do that all the time but yeah. it's also very valuable uh, yeah. so he, he 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 does all of these things but um and also you know going out and re- representing I mean, it's nothing better than when you have a CEO, you can position, mm. um, it's a, it's a great thing if you position your, your CEO as a thought leader. Um, so these, these are the things that are in the, in the branding. I think it's, it's very valuable to have the CEO in the product. It's definitely very valuable. Uh, yeah. but also in sales, uh, you know, if, 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 uh, if you go, if you go on sales calls and you have, uh, depending on your audience, but you, we have large enterprises. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, if you're stuck, maybe at a, at a certain point and you involve your CEO, you know, that's also a message. It's yeah. just a, a different level of uh, trust and credibility. So I yeah. think, um, you have to be careful with the resources of a founder, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's very challenging, hmm. but, uh, coming back again to Mark Benioff,
1: hmm. um,
2: driving marketing is definitely yeah. one of the, one of the activities a founder should, uh, should be involved in.
1: I, I remember reading, I think, it, uh, a report which came out, I don't know, a year or two ago, produced probably by Inc. or uh, something in which they mentioned that uh, the f- uh, the future CEOs will be the current CMOs of organizations. <laughs> um, um, you know, because it never used to happen that way, right? Usually it would be the sales, head of sales, yeah. or, you know, who would become CEO. But, you know, now they're re- they're seeing the potential of marketers in, into becoming CEOs and leaders of the companies.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big friend of this, you know, the CMO is the new CEO and the CPO is a new CRO and <laughs> the CMO is now a chief market officer. I don't care. Um, you know, we have to get the shit done. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's what is important. And, I, it's, and it's, I know we have all of these discussions. It's like, marketing needs to own the pipeline marketing needs mm-hmm. to own revenue yeah that's fine and then I always ask also internally and I was okay if we own the pipeline if we own the revenue sales guys yeah. what are you gonna do yeah do you have vacation yeah. or you're sabbatical or, or what are you gonna do so yeah. um seriously I I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that but I think the and, and all of these roads are changing right and I'm really thankful for instance for 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 having a role like a CRO right which is which is very close, uh, to, to marketing. Um, my, 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 my dream would be to have one team. I don't want to have a sales and a marketing team. Mm. I think that, that, that's something which, which does not, which does not really help us. Mm. Um, well, the CMO now changes in, 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 in the way, uh, the, the role, um, will change in the future. I think it depends a lot also on what kind of company, what kind of mm. company size, uh, what kind of business it's, it's, it's very it's very different um, to 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 say. Well, there is one specific CMO role, um, but um, I think the, the 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 marketing, especially in the tech and in the SaaS world, mm. uh, where where marketing changed from my point of view. Not everyone realized it, maybe, mm. but uh, there, there is definitely a, a change. And you see that. With growth, for instance, right? There's growth now apart. And I'm not talking about growth hacking, but I'm not, not a fan mm. of hacking. Mm. Uh, there's, no, there's no short uh, cuts and hacks. Mm. Um, but uh, there, there's a lot of things, and we will have new topics, right? Mm. Um, lo- look at what, 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 uh, what COVID um, triggered. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, and, and I, I, can, I, I see it in our case, right? Bu- buyer's behavior is different. Um, we, we see a lot of more B2C things in B2B. Finally, hmm. I'm really happy about that. So that's maybe something which can change, especially for B2B marketers. Don't mm-hmm. be so boring anymore yes. because these B2B buyers, they also have Netflix at home and they have Amazon at home. They probably also have an iPad. So, you know, don't give them that old and traditional shit. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will change also the role, uh, kind of more more an experience uh, uh, of marketing instead of uh, just a, uh, The boring stuff we had in the past yeah
1: i mean i i see uh, um where marketers miss out is when they don't speak to the situation of the prospect of the audience so what i mean by that is that okay two people can have the same problem you know and they could you could be selling the same product to them right but they're in totally different situations for example, uh, one person could be a mom which has to juggle with kids at home now that they're all at home. The other person, maybe a single person, both have the exact same problem, can have the exact same problem of trying to lose weight for example. I'm just, you know. Yeah. But the point is that the way you speak to them would have to be different. The message that they hear has to speak to their circumstance, situation and not just the problem that they have. I see a lot of marketers missing out on that. What what do you think?
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I like that Um, because it brings the 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 psychology a little bit into the game, and and Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Um, You know, and I I I actually started my my I studied the marketing communication science, but I started my career in sales. Um, And one of the first things I I learned is exactly what you described, right? Yeah, Uh, people are in different situations. So if a customer in a call is not uh, having a good moment. Um, maybe you know, he or she got fired. Yeah. Ten minutes uh, before. So you, it, it, it's about the situation, and you have to be very, very uh, situational and smart to, to figure out what's yeah. the background there. And I think sales people are really good at that. Marketing people, maybe, mm. maybe not that good because we were not that close to the customers. Um, but and you see that in many things, right? I, I, um, I, I had to do the marketing for a lot of early stage technologies in the last 10 years
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is fun on one side but also very mm-hmm. challenging on the other side and one of the things which fits to that is um you know the different the different content and everything you 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 provide to the people are they are they aware of a of a solution are they unaware of it mm. um and, and and all of these things play a role and we just throw the content at them, right? We say, well, here is You read the website and there is it Then Take a free trial and do it. And they maybe even don't get anything about that, right? Or, or, or then now, with, with the, because we talked about the change, um, we see all of these buying committees where now instead of one person, there are five uh, people involved, right? You need to figure out what is their motivation. Mm. Right, because their motivation is not only the economic value. Ah, yeah, we will save money. there's social motivation. There's reputation. There's career. There's so many things. So you have to. We marketers, we marketers really need to 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 have kind of the, the knowledge of a uh, the, the psychology psychology background there um, yes. in order to figure out which situation our our buyers and our users are.
1: Yeah, yeah, I fully I totally agree. agree. Yeah? Yeah. And, and I think I, I ruffle a lot of feathers when I always mention this is, is, is that um, to me, the essence of marketing lies in psychology. It lies in understanding human behavior. I see marketing as, as that where, you know, because I see majority of them do not, majority of marketers do not pay attention to it and do not, um, you know, do not even study it. I know that in marketing degrees, psychology is not much a part of it unless you have taken that as a, you know, a, 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 in your own initiative. Um, but I, I see that's where uh, salespeople get it because they've usually been through that exercise. They're in, in the trenches, they are speaking to the customers and they're usually trained, uh, on, on, on that, um, psychology of human behavior and marketers don't. And that's why I see that maybe in a, a lot of startups that it do, uh, for founders or um other team members to get you know bury themselves in the trenches go for sales so that you're able to understand uh the human psychology behind what you're trying to do and then of course you can slowly you know divide that into different roles and you know do something else but i, I mean i i see that a lot uh of the times when this uh, one business is successful and the other uh, isn't and it's usually down to how well they understand their customer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um for for us, you know, it's a persona. Mm. Right and that persona is on a slide uh in mm. our slide deck and, and and that's where it is documented and that's it. Uh but it's not only a person, it's a human a human being behind. Yeah. Uh, there's a real person yeah. behind it. Right. And that real person is not always like uh, shown on the slides. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. there
2: is a lot of different situations there. Uh, yeah. and therefore, yeah, that that's, I fully agree therefore it's very helpful to, to be, uh, uh, out with the customers and, um, um, and we, we learned and to, to maybe also connect that a little bit to the, to the, to the product first approach there. Yeah. Um. I, I learned a lot about that when I started to to really dive into the onboarding topic, which is for me a kind of core part of the whole um, of the whole approach, right? Um yeah. You see, uh, you, because there you have you have the possibility to be really close to customers, and you really see what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, what are their needs? How do they want to use the product? What kind of problems do they really want to solve? Right. Mm-hmm. Early in the customer journey, yeah, you hear about that, but especially right um, with what we do. Or many startups do in tag tech, uh, when technologies are new. Yeah, you know, you you, you might know it, but you you want to have that tool, but you don't even exactly know how you're going to use it. Mm. But then once you are in the onboarding phase, and the, you know there's a commitment behind it, then you can really learn uh, mm. about how customers use your product, what they need for it, where are the issues, where they are struggling with their teams. Um, and that's why, why why I love to be very close and like to use the whole onboarding thing mm-hmm. um for, for for the marketing because this yeah. is where you can learn this is kind of the heart of it uh where you where you connect them to the product and that's what I mean also with you know when, when, when I say be be be, uh, be close to the product and use that mm-hmm. uh, there is no better there is no better part than than the onboarding part
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, where you also can support it because who, who is doing that? Right. It's mm-hmm. the it's the, the, the PSO folks and rollout and support is involved and in all of that. Uh, yeah. And that's great because they have the technical capabilities. All we marketers know the people. Uh, we know what they need. I mean, we, we took care of them the, the the whole journey. Why not taking that step and taking them through the product experience journey? Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and 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 that's when when and, and we had the same the same issue, right? We we turned one of our products. Uh, which was more a, sales, a sales-led a top-down mm-hmm. approach um, into a more bottoms up uh, uh, model. It's um, mm-hmm. still not 100% done, but then we realized we had to do the onboarding. Now, what are we going to do? Is it a personalized onboarding? Is this in kind of an automated onboarding through landing pages and stuff like that or videos? Um, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a great idea and it didn't work. And we said, what's the problem? Uh, and, uh, and we dived deep into the onboarding, uh, and we, 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 uh, we saw so many things there we can improve. We, we kind of shortened the whole thing from 20 steps to seven, um, yeah. and, and all of that. And then at the end, you know, you can use all of that, hmm. um, and use it for your branding. Yes. Uh,
3: and, yeah.
2: uh, and, and, and they're great examples. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you heard about uh, a superhuman, the, no. the email client. No. No. Okay, well, like, maybe, maybe, maybe let's, let's explain yeah. that that example because it's, uh, it's interesting also for the audience. Um, so, superhuman is, a, is an email client, right? Right. So, now if I say email client, you'd say, well, that's boring. Nobody needs an email client because um, I have Outlook or I have Gmail or whatever.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, but it's like one year, a year ago or one and a half years ago, uh, if, you, if you were on Twitter, you would see superhuman everywhere. Not because of their email client, but because of their personalized onboarding. Right. So if you wanted to purchase their product, you could uh, get on a waiting list. Yeah. And then instead of just rolling out the product, you yeah. installing it and using it, you had to go through a 30 or you still have to go through 30 yeah. minutes onboarding call.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: The surprising thing for the first, I don't know how many thousand users was, that their CEO was doing that. So he showed oh, up wow. in the call. He did the onboarding, and people freaked out and said, "Wow, <laughs> there was a CEO. He did the onboarding with you personally." And they oh, they, they tweeted that. They put it on LinkedIn and everywhere. TechCrunch got got, got, yeah. got, uh, got the uh, awareness. So and they brought them on TechCrunch and everywhere. There, there's a lot of articles around the onboarding of, of Superhuman. Yeah. And for me, that's that's an, a great example of you know how you use your product experience. Uh, For your branding, because it's much more believable, right? Yeah. If you as a company talk about how great you are, nobody believes us. That, yes. Uh, But if you use your product experience, people that and said, "Hey, that that onboarding experience that was excellent. Now I know all the features. Now, otherwise, nobody would care about an email client Yeah. That's for me the 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 one of these examples. I say, "Well, this is what we can use as marketers." And Mm -hmm. how many how many marketers use onboarding uh, as one of their uh, one of their channels? I don't yeah. know many. Uh, to be very yeah. honest. Yeah. Yes, and, not and, many.
1: As a brilliant strategy I, by the way.
2: <laughs> that was I have to I have to I have to thank the guy from Superhuman because that yeah. was the reason why I came up with the, with the with the whole idea of the product first marketing approach. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so let's talk more about the product first approach because you know uh, as I opened today's talk with your quote, which in which you said your product experience is not only a differentiator, but the foundation for the brand and the fuel for the growth engine. So let's expand a little bit more on that relationship between the product and the brand differentiator.
2: Yeah. Um, well, let me call it the, the product and the company differentiator. Right. Mm. Um, that's what I what I what I said before. Um, you know especially startups in an early phase, there's limited budget. Uh, there's there no, not, not much of, uh, of, of, uh, of resources available, so you have to focus. <laughs> and and I've seen that a lot, you know, that, that starters in what they, they there's a founder, the founder has a vision, knows what he wants to build or she wants to build, uh, and then marketing, start positioning and all of that stuff. And then you start positioning the company, you start positioning your product, you start with all of that stuff. And then you realize we're lost because mm. you have all of these different messages and everything. And I said, and, and that came also when I, I, I mentor startups for the chairman for the accelerator in the Silicon Valley. Uh, mm. and, and I saw that and they struggled with that. And they said, oh, well, should we start with the company or should we talk about the product? And they said, no, look, mm. focus on the product. It's just product first marketing uh is is, a, is an approach which helps you to focus it gives you guardrails right mm. and it does not mean that you don't talk about the company of course not mm. coca-cola or ge or whatever of course they talk about the company but they don't mm. they have the resources so mm. as, a, as, a, as a startup you don't have the resource so focus focus mm. on the product build it around experience and uh and that's for me it's for me key. it helped us so only we made the same mistakes right mm. I, I i i can uh uh, 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 show my old messaging uh, stuff and then we had exactly the same the same problems. Mm. that's why i said let's start with the product experience because that's what you really have mm. um and, and and that's the most believable part of everything um and uh, it's kind of you can scale that right you can scale mm-hmm. that everywhere and and the brand is for me um i think we also talked about that in in, in preparing the session the brand is for me much more than a uh and a brand agency is more than people they say well, you, you don't need a brand as a startup and stuff like that. You know, okay, not a bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah. it, it's just you know, it, in our case, we sell to enterprise, we sell to large enterprises. So how mm-hmm. should I sell to Siemens or, or any of these companies yeah. without yeah. having a brand? There's yes, no exactly. way they 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 kick me out immediately. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but now the same the same game, right? I can I can now look for the positioning and brand building of the company. Or yeah. I can use the the, the the product experience. As I said, mm-hmm. well, whether it is the onboarding, or you take it one step further. After the onboarding, mm-hmm. your users are using the product, they like the product, so you easily get customer reviews, all of mm-hmm. these things. So everything is around the 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 the, the product experience itself, which makes mm-hmm. it easier because you have it anyway. You don't mm-hmm. need to, to build anything else. Yeah. And that was for me kind of the 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 starting point uh, after after seeing so many market startups uh, struggling with that and uh, kind of being yes. disconnected when well, we talked about that part uh, mm. but also kind of wasting, wasting their resources uh, with doing too many things at the same time.
1: Yeah absolutely you know one com- company name which comes to my mind um, the app Evernote do you use Evernote this app called Evernote uh, this app yeah, called yeah. Evernote sure. yeah Right. Um, so, I mean, I love the app. I've been using it for years now, but I know that app like Evernote, I just use it for mainly s- simple reasons, you know, just taking notes and, uh, you know, so that I can go back to it. And then I just, I know how, okay, create notebooks, but there's so much more to Evernote that if they did something like what you shared, the superhuman strategy, right. To Because I'm on a free plan. I'm on a free plan. I'm not buying the end plan because yeah. I understand the complexities of how it can be used. I don't get it and I'm not bothered, yeah. but if they onboarded me that superhuman way, I am pretty sure that I would have been a paid member of the app.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, it's great that you brought it up um, because uh, um, Evernote is probably one of the best examples uh, um, of uh, not, uh, uh not uh, using the best uh, the best uh, avenue there
3: yeah.
2: um they have they, they're releasing features or features and features and I don't know how many features they have yeah uh nobody is using it and they're not they're not growing uh rapidly and and that's yeah. the reason yeah uh people don't know how to use it and what to use it for yes use it but you could also use uh, apple notes or something else it's just uh, yeah. uh, the, the same thing right you use probably yeah. 20% of it so if they, would, if they would do that, did the, the onboarding better, um, I'm quite sure they would have a completely different adoption.
3: Oh, yes. Um, so this,
2: this is a, really a best case example of um, not using a product first marketing approach. Uh, yeah. They use whatever approach. I, I like the tool, to be honest, and I, and I use yeah, it, but yeah. I'm always kind of, hey, no, I don't want to use it anymore. And then now they have, a, I see that every day there's an update. Every day yeah. there's an update and i don't know what it is about right so um they're not yeah. doing a good job there yeah,
1: yeah yeah absolutely i mean i love the app as, as well but like i said that they could have done so much more with it there it's it's it, it there is so much capability in the app that a, a normal person using it a normal consumer does not know doesn't use probably 95% of what it can do uh, right, yeah. and they're missing out on it. So yeah, maybe uh, then uh, you need to write an email <laughs> to Evernote to the CMO of Evernote, <laughs> uh, and and I guess you- I will
2: do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll offer them the, them some support. I I really like the tool, and and yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want to blame anyone. I know how how hard it is, but mm. the, the interesting thing with Evernote is, I mean, they were a first mover. Mm. Um, and then and so many came up to it. There's yeah, so many came up. But honestly, if I ask you who is a competitor of Evernote, yeah, do you know one? I mean, most of the people yeah. they don't even mention an, an a competitor. That there is, they're really in a good situation, but they're not yeah. using it. They're not using um, it.
3: That's
1: and, true. That's true. And,
2: and 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 that's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know Apple's got one. There was another Notes or something. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I've never switched from uh, using uh, Evernote for the past. I don't know, you know, seven, eight no, years
2: now. Well, it's one of the things we discussed also, and and I think yeah. that's one that's a part of it. So, um, I remember when uh, when 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 we had the the early days in our uh, in our products, and uh, not everything was set up, and the product team said. Um, hey, we have this and that is new or we have a maintenance. Can you send, can you send emails? I said, well, I send emails about everything. That's not a problem. Mm. But I don't think that this is the right experience. Mm. If uh, you are in a product and then you get emails and you have to look on a website maybe how mm. to do something. And, mm. and I think you know that's, that's one of the problems of Evernote. They're not using their, their, their product experience. So if they would show and they have great case studies and everything, if they would use it inside of the product, right? Mm. And, and you kind of get a pop-up and see, hey, well, look, this is Lucy. She's using Evernote like X, Y, C. Ah, oh, well, that's a cool idea. But I'm not going to go on their website because I'm already a user. So why should I mm. go on their website? Mm. Um, mm. And I think that, that, that's, it. that's one of these disconnections, right? They are doing the marketing, mm. the traditional marketing. Uh, and uh, and, and they, they, they talk about their product, but only on the website or in press or wherever, but mm. not in the product. They're not mm-hmm. do, making that connection. Um, yeah. and that's yeah. holding them back.
1: Yeah. And uh, what about what's your experience been? So I, I know you just shared about this company who did it by personally onboarding everybody uh on a one-to-one basis. But what about, you know, now you, you within the softwares you can have you, you have the technology that you can sort of onboard uh clients that way And you can explain each feature um while you're virtually sort of onboarding them and say and teach them this, this is this is the possibility, this is the possibility. Um, I, I, like have you come across any study on like maybe what's doing better, or what you know, what's the future looking like when it comes to especially SaaS businesses?
2: Yeah, it's different. Um, there's different approaches uh, to that. Um, and depending on, on on what kind of product you have, right? Mm. The more, the more complex the product is, the mm. more features you have. Mm. um the more training you need uh the better it is to use a personalized onboarding just to 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 avoid what we just mm. discussed uh, mm. uh that that the users yeah. do not use all of the features or yeah. you know it's think about think about the adobe products um yeah. now adobe meanwhile has everything in the cloud and you can download yeah. that and you can uh, you can purchase it but yes they can do that because there's already uh, millions of users but imagine mm. they would have started like that Nobody would have used that because they're so complex. I mean, yes. you open that software and you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, and, and, and I think they didn't even think about that probably. Um, yeah. But there are other products as well, right? If you, if you use something like Miro, the virtual yes. whiteboard uh, yeah. tool. I mean, yeah. there you can get started without having a, a personalized onboarding. And you, you, maybe you, you even don't want to have it. Mm. but there are other ways to to do that right you can you can do that in the product um, in the product to, yes you really kind of do that onboarding yes. um or or, or at, at at you know having i don't want to say a tutorial because it's this is anyway uh, necessary but there is definitely different ways to combine it with the with the product and by the way miro yeah. is a good example uh yeah. they 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 really use that you have these little pop-ups which do, which are not yeah. annoying but they show yeah. you hey did you share this did you see what your team member uh did on that board yeah. and stuff like that there's a smart way to kind of yeah. onboard you uh yeah. with their t- all their templates right meanwhile they have uh you can you can go and upload your best boards and then they choose uh so they kind of onboard you with best examples from well-known companies and show you cook Th- this is the kind of board you can create mm. uh this is what you have to do um And that's a fantastic job without a personalized onboarding, right? So it it works both sides depending on the product, but it happens in the product and it happens really in a kind of educational way.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, to that's one way of doing one-on-one onboarding. But the another way is, is education within the uh, product yourself. I, I a couple of days ago, or a few days, last week or something, I was working on because we are rebranding or and doing a new website and stuff, right? So I had to uh, do my div, uh, designer, the web designer. I I wanted to give a wireframe, right? Because I'm doing the copy. I'm doing I, I'm doing the wireframe. They're just gonna do. The grant work right so i was like okay what tool what tool and i came across myro right and myro had the template for a website wireframe i was like what <laughs> and they've made it yeah. so easier like i'm talking from a non-techie person's point of view right i i i want a simple way to wireframe a website so i can pass on that info to the people who are going to do the tech work behind it i it was it was really yeah. really fantastic <laughs>
2: yeah and, and you know and and that's where where or marketing uh, can can or uh, what marketing can leverage, because mm-hmm. then you know when you have that onboarding experience like that, um, automatically you have uh, a different level of user activation. You have higher retention. You have lower churn. Yes, uh, and these are all the things which come automatically with it. Yeah, uh, and then you know you, you 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 can you can reuse that, and th- and that's why I, why I really believe that marketers should get more into that the whole onboarding experience. because mm. look at um, the, 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 the product folks are great in, 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 in building the product and the sales guys are great in, 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 uh, in, uh, in selling them. And I think marketing is good at explaining things at understanding what to explain to whom and really create an experience. I think mm. we're good at that. So yeah. Why don't we why don't we use that? Why don't we use startups that knowledge Uh, You know, we have the the customers and the users, along all the journey, we learn so much about them, but then Mm. we stop before the onboarding. Mm. Um, And that's something I think, uh, you know, we don't use one of the most powerful assets there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember David Breyer talking about this, and I mean, uh, he's a brand guy, he's not even a marketer, right? But what he said really hit me and I was thinking... Oh my god, marketers miss out on that. And what he was talking about was that uh, branding is not just about uh and before you get the the uh, the talk that you have before uh, signing up a customer, right? So because we focus a lot on that, right? We need to we need to sign up some like the customer, next customer and and sales marketing everybody is focusing on that, right? And then they forget about the middle part after you've signed up, right? That experience and then the post experience. Right, where like thirty three percent of probably sales lie there, and and I was like, oh my god, that is so true because because your focus just 95 percent or something is on the first end of uh, of the cycle, and then you forget about the rest. And what happens is then you lose the customer, uh, or you you yeah. know they don't end up having the experience that they desired, right? And right? which isn't
2: yeah.
1: uh, you know your product's potential is a lot more
2: absolutely uh that that's a that's a nice way to say it and and you know th- this is what you can reuse for the brand um mm. and 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 reuse easily right and um and and brand brand drives then again demand mm. and and growth so it's a it's a loop right we're not thinking yes. of these typical funnels anymore yes. so, but the whole experience mm. is really something you can use the experience goes into the brand it it fuels the growth engine and then you yeah. have more users and and you get a better um a, a better experience yeah. In the
1: end. Yeah. Kaleem says it's the, the acquisition, acquisition trap. trap. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely. That's trap.
1: what it is. Yeah. acquisition yeah. trap. Yeah. All the Marketing.
2: Companies- don't, don't, don't build a brand. Just bring us leads. I know. Yes. Yeah. We'll do it <laughs> exactly. we'll, 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 we'll tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine having, uh, I'm sure that most meetings ha- um, happen like, okay, how many leads did we get? How many people do we sign up? And if we talk about, well, I was actually busy building a brand, They'd be like, what? What is yeah. that?
2: <laughs> yeah. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I I I know it 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 happens a lot. And you need to find the right balance, right? Yeah. yeah. Um the, 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 you cannot, of course, not not spend 80% of your budget on on, on, on brand building, uh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I I I I'm I'm a I'm a big believer of, uh, of of building a brand. And that's also what I what I what I showed startups um because you know it's a differentiator and yes. uh a, a brand is something you know you can easily you can easily destroy your lead uh a funnel and that goes mm. quite fast if you make the wrong decision
3: yes but the
2: brand the brand is something you know it's sustainable um yes that's for that's for kalim uh this is uh, kalim's topic uh yeah. sustainable growth yes. um but it's this is something you know this is the long-term thing and and that's what you have and, uh, and I think many startups underestimate that uh, and say, oh, we don't, need a, we don't need a brand. This is only the only other level, which is on top of that, are these guys, these founder guys who, who tweet and, and say, yeah, we have now 5 million ARR and uh, we didn't do any marketing. <laughs> said, Lucky you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're not going to make it uh, another five months because you, of course you did marketing. Yeah. How did you find yeah. your customers? yeah uh, how did you figure out what customers you have right yeah and so that's exactly. kind of the same category no we don't we don't we don't do marketing right mm. it's like mm. at lesson oh no we never we never had any sales no of course not mm. um and uh, we don't need a brand it's a it's, it's, it's the same thing i think you need a far to find a smart way and that's that's what, what i what i what i what i what i meant you know take what you have take mm. these assets uh from the product experience and bring that into the brand and I've the discussions. Because, Mm. you know, that's what you have. Everyone is focused on the product and the product experience. So if Mm. you take that and say, I will build a brand around my onboarding or or, or things like that, it's much easier to explain your CEO than uh, saying, you know, I'm going to spend 100K on a media campaign.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, when it comes to product-first marketing, if I was to ask you, is there like one specific Tactic or a strategy that you could share that you know it works, and a lot of uh, uh, SaaS businesses are missing out on. Is it? Is there one that you could share?
2: Um, I would not say there's there's one specific strategy. I mean, we talked yeah. a lot about the onboarding, and I think this mm. is the core. But I have it in I have it uh, in five and five stages. Right. This is the framework, the the underlying framework, um, and this is C. It's a try, it's apply, it's rate and share. So basically, um, at C, it's, it's everything how uh, customers or users perceive the yeah. product and the product experience. It's try, it's when you get your hands on, especially when you have a product-led model. It's mm-hmm. apply when you start using it, and then we come to the onboarding also. Mm-hmm. It's rate when you start talking about it, uh, when really customers talk about it, it's that phase. Yeah. And then the last phase is, is that share phase. Uh, mm-hmm. when, uh, when you kind of turn your customers into fans and they go yeah. out, uh, yeah. and, and share that. And, and, and especially the, you know, the first and the two are kind of the, the drivers for it. And then the third and the fourth and the fifth stage are then kind of getting, giving you back the, the, the experience, which you can use in for the brand and for the growth. So yeah. these are the five, uh, the five essential stages, uh, of the okay. framework. And it's just, yeah. it's easy, you know, just think about it. Um, and, and I have a couple of examples. The superhuman is one example, um, yeah. bad example I ever know we talked about, but just think about it and say, see, try, apply, rate, yeah. and share. And I, yeah. I, I explained it on my page. So, so we can share the link. Oh, yes. Um, and, and if you scary. go through these, these five steps, then, you know, quite well, um, what, what is behind the, the product first marketing approach and how you can really identify Uh, whether you use that and what you can use from your product experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Love that. Now a quick note that this show is sponsored by Amplifyology, previously known as Repurpose Den, helping you become a favored brand and not just the cheapest option. Through equipping you with tools to amplify your voice, defy obscurity and ignite your brand. Without the guesswork, the unnecessary ad expense, or pulling off a massive event. You'll also find best bits uh, of this show repurposed into short clips on my channel, bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with Amber Khan. Now, Derek, I know you've got your own personal blog, um, um, but what other tactics, if any, do you employ uh, to amplify your voice so that it may reach your intended audience?
2: Can you repeat that, Amber, you broke up?
1: That uh, if you know do you you have your own personal blog i know you you share your thought leadership there what other tactics do you employ to uh, amplify your voice so that it your thought leadership reaches the intended audience
2: so um writing on the blog and, and and on my website is 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 definitely one thing and the other the other two things i, I really like to do is uh being on a podcast uh and uh, and then uh, sharing that on events um, especially in, in, in these times, uh, where we, where we cannot meet, it's for yeah. me more important. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I post on LinkedIn, but I don't post every day. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, account uh, my success in likes. Um, it's mm-hmm. more about meeting people and, and, and sharing that and getting feedback. Yeah. I had a, a, a great conversation. I don't know if he's online, but I had a great conversation with one of the speakers that Pablo Gonzalez. Uh, yes. You know, we, we, we kind of discussed about different ideas and, 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 and things and he challenged uh, my, my approach and everything. That's for me, uh, you know, super valuable having these yes. discussions also in our community uh, than uh, posting so much on LinkedIn.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and those are obviously all the uh, the right tactics um, to use as you, if those who want to amplify the voice. Now, those of you who would love to get in touch with Dirk, here is how you can connect with him uh, on his LinkedIn. It's sharp Dirk. Um, nice and easy. <laughs> Do you remember? You can connect <laughs> with him there. Now, all right, it is now the time of the interview for us. And you may be thinking, what is it? Gossip time? or share the fun pickup lines time, or tell an embarrassing joke time. Unfortunately, we are not that type of a show. Well, not yet anyway. But what it is time for is the 48-hour challenge time. So Dirk, this is where I ask you to share what is that one thing that our viewers and listeners can implement in the next 48 hours to align their product, marketing and branding that doesn't cost them an arm and a leg or requires a large team to execute it?
3: So
2: I'd say there's two options. Option one is you take the time and you go through the five stages I explained. Mm-hmm. And really think about where can you reuse your product experience, and yeah. you say, "I'm super busy, um I don't have time for five stages, then you take the third one and you think about what can you do better with your onboarding and how can you use that for your brand
1: yeah, love that, love that and and uh and I believe that you can get some of it done <laughs> in the next forty eight hours if you were uh keen on it um <laughs> and and wanted to and, implement it. and
2: and i'm and I would be happy if uh, if uh, if, uh, if someone wants to reach out and wants to yeah. challenge that uh, or, or wants to get some support, uh, I'm uh, I'm happy to jump on a call or answer any questions.
1: Yeah, that, that that's what I'd love to do. Those who are up for this talent, do tag him. You gotta let him know. You gotta let Dirk know yeah. that you're on it and Absolutely. and um, and and connect with him uh, for sure.
0: So, what's your next move? Here's one, go to the movebook.com to check out the assessment, the templates, the frameworks and whole list of resources to help you figure out your next move. The link is in the show notes, check it out.